The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hello and welcome into another edition of Retirement Planning Redefined with the team from PFG Private Wealth. Joining me on the program is Nick McDevitt as well as John Texera. Guys, welcome in. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hope that you guys are doing pretty good. Anything interesting going on since the last time we did our initial podcast? Anything exciting or new to talk about? Nick, you got anything going on? No, just getting ready for the summer. <laughs> well, John, are you sleeping? Because, I mean, you know, last time uh, Nick made some comments about you trying to get some sleep with the little one. I'm I'm not sleeping. Last <laughs> night was uh, pretty rough, so it's an interesting day. But, yeah, no yeah. sleep last night, but... I'm up and running. There you go. Well, they're good for that when they're little, but they're also got a lot of, a lot of fun things happening there too. So it's interesting being new parents, that's for sure. But listen, guys, I want to talk uh, over the next couple of podcasts. We kind of kicked off our first one just to get to know you guys a little bit and get to know the, the corporation, the company a little bit, PFG, Private Wealth a little bit. You guys are an independent RIA. You are serving the folks here in the Tampa Bay area. And I wanted to talk a little bit on this podcast, just to kind of about the industry, a few things, kind of an overview, if you will, and just get your thoughts on some of these things. And of course, Folks, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, check us out. Moving forward, we're going to be doing more of these. Go to pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. And of course, as always, you can always call them uh, if you have some questions or concerns. Before you take any action, always talk with a qualified professional like John and Nick, 813-286-7776. That's 813-286-7776. So guys, let's talk a little industry overview here. Just in the past decade, how's it changed? Well, so typically we work with people that are 50 and up where things are kind of starting to get a little bit more serious as they approach retirement. And one of the common things that we've seen as they come in, whether it's to one of our classes or they come in for a consultation is that they've had multiple people in their life that have helped them with maybe specific financial decisions. Like they've had a person that they bought life insurance from. They might have a mutual fund account somewhere else. They may have bought a few stocks from a different broker or something like that. And what they haven't done is sat down with somebody that can help them look at it strategically and and look at it from a broad-based viewpoint. And so that's been the biggest change where things have become more planning focused versus, you know, maybe just focused on the stock market or like returns in the market, that sort of thing. And as part of that, there's really been a huge shift in how the industry and there's a lot more room left for the industry to grow that way but the sort of transparency that the industry has from the standpoint of you know what our clients actually paying for gotcha from you know from a fee standpoint you know really how are the advisors compensated that sort of thing and and there's been a big shift where more and more advisors are breaking off from your morgan stanley merrill lynch you know, wirehouse sort of structure to an independent sort of structure. So 
those have been some of the big changes for people. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but I wanted to ask John a question to kind of chime in here. What about uh, fiduciary versus suitability? Now, for some of our listeners, John, they may have heard these terms before. They may not. So real quick, tell us what they are and then give us a little bit of a difference on these. Yeah. So this is uh, goes in line with what we were talking about, the industry changing. And the industry is really going more towards a fiduciary basis versus suitability for clients. So just to define those for people that don't know what it is, a fiduciary has to do what's in the client's best interest and has to put their own interest aside. I mean, it's funny to kind of say that, but right. you know, fiduciary has to do what's in the client's best interest, compare all options, disclose any conflict of interest that may, may happen you know, in the result of planning. Someone that's working on a suitability capacity basically has to recommend to a client what is suitable. So it might not be the best thing for them. So example, if you work for a particular company and they had very good products and investments and you said, well, this is suitable for this uh, individual, but there's some other ones that are better, would better serve them. But you know, I'm recommending what's suitable. So this will be just fine. Gotcha. Okay. And so as you guys, as fiduciaries, you know, you obviously are doing what's in the client's best interest. And so is that just something that, I mean, again, it does sound weird to say, right? But you would think you would think that just should be the norm. So I guess it is good that the industry is moving more that way. And is there any kind of particular reason behind that or just something I think they feel like they should do? Um, I think it's uh, a lot of transparency and uh, it's something that really dealing with people's retirement is very serious. You want to make sure that people are doing the best thing for the retirement and getting the best advice, you know, and, and kind of going into what Nick was saying, a lot of people are leaving the Merrill Lynch's and stuff like that. And, and Morgan Stanley's and going more independent, being independent really allows you to be a fiduciary where there's no proprietary products that you have yeah, okay. to um, sell. There's no quotas to hit. There's no one kind of looking over your shoulder and saying, Hey, what are you doing for us today? You know, did you sell this particular product or did you push this investment? Things like that. So gotcha. All that, you know, being in the independent space allows us to be a fiduciary and do what's best for the client. And another kind of maybe simplified example of that is, you know, let's say we kind of go through and we develop a plan for somebody and based upon their plan, the client has decided that they would really like to have some sort of guaranteed income. And so they say, you know, which ways can I get guaranteed income? And we go through the options with them and they decide, okay, well, we're interested in some sort of annuity. And so maybe somebody that's working in a suitability from a suitability standpoint, they have a broker dealer or a company that they work for that says, okay, you know, you're allowed to show your client these three options for them to purchase that annuity, but we've restricted you to these three options versus somebody that's in a fiduciary capacity they could go out into the marketplace and you know look at everything in the marketplace and maybe there's 10 options and that really allows them to come up with the best option for the client. So that's kind of a, a basic example that might help gotcha. provide some clarity. So you get a little bit more of a smorgasbord there going on, things that you can kind of look through. I always kind of make the analogy on I talk to people across the country and host different shows that in a lot of ways with some of these big boxes, if you will, it's almost like uh, sweaters, for example. You know, it's when seasonal stuff changes, they start pushing the stuff they want to get rid of, right? So they can clear it out for the next thing to come in. And so sometimes you might see that in some of these bigger box chains where they're saying, hey, we really want to push this particular product versus that, even if it's not always the best fit. We might refer to that as the cookie cutter plans, right? Where it's just kind of a one size fits all. And is that what you were talking about, Nick, when you were mentioning the independent versus the wirehouse? Yeah. So a good way to, you know, some good examples of that. 
and this changed even more as we went through the the recession 08 09 and there was a lot of consolidation okay you know so let's say for example somebody walks into a a bank of america and they want to open up an account like an investment account at bank of america you know bank of america purchased merrill lynch so merrill lynch is owned by bank of america and they will have you know an office inside of the bank that's just supposed to be for Merrill Lynch and the rest of the bank is supposed to be for Bank of America. And so, you know, at the same time, those Merrill Lynch advisors that are in that bank may have certain quotas to hit. So like, for example, if somebody is going to open an account with them, they may also have quotas from the standpoint of saying, well, what are you doing with a line of credit? You know, do you have a line of credit on your house? Do you need one? What about a credit card? Gotcha, and so yeah. it gets into all these other lines of business that in our mind, from an independent standpoint, create conflicts of interest for the client and puts them in a position that may not be best for them. So as an independent, when there's not proprietary products and you're able to act as a fiduciary and you know that you don't have any quotas to hit at the end of the year, no matter if you are ethically a you know an extremely ethical person and, and you really do try to put the client forward, there are just conflicts that are out of your control, no matter as an advisor, if you're trying to do the best that you can, eventually you're going to be put in a position that may make it difficult for you to do that. And so that's really where that, that difference gotcha. um, okay. really comes to play. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that kind of helps things. That's why we're kind of talking and named the show here, Retirement Planning Redefined. That's what you're listening to, the podcast with John and Nick, financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth. Uh, and of course, check us out online at pfgprivatewealth.com. And I guess I'll ask one kind of final question here to kind of wrap up our podcast here around the industry overview. Hopefully you found a useful nugget or two of information in there. And that's around fee structures. So if things have changed a lot over the last decade, and we've talked about some of these things, how has that changed? What are you talking about when it comes to fee structures? Yeah. So um, again, going on part of the change, um, you know, I'd say when I first started back in 2006, and the investment world was really geared towards commissions. For example, you would sell, hey, you know, hey, Mark, you want to buy some Bank of America stock? I'd trade it and then make a commission off. Right. That. Okay. Where now it's going more towards it's a flat fee. So if I'm managing a client's portfolio, you know, let's just say it's half a million dollars, I may charge X amount and it's that for the year. So it's just much cleaner versus the commission focus. We found a lot of clients that have come to us were leaving their advisors because they were only hearing from their advisors when there was a stock to trade. And it's right. like, hey, you know, this is the new buy. Let's go ahead and buy this. They generate a commission, wouldn't hear from the person until they was ready for another commission that was coming their way. Right. Gotcha. Um, where the fee base is really just ongoing advice on the assets. So it's just much cleaner. And in reality, when you're charging a fee to manage someone's portfolio, you really want a long-term relationship with the client. It's not a one and done. So you let's say you work a little bit harder to make sure that the client's going to stay with you. And that's just kind of on the stock basis. But the same thing goes for mutual funds where, you know, especially when, when I first started in 06, there was all these A shares where basically someone would buy into a mutual fund family, let's just say American funds. And there was almost a 5% sales charge into it. And then the person would stay within that fund family. Negative to that was, you know, American funds is good at certain things, but they're not the best at everything. So, um, some of these people were kind of stuck within that fund family where a fee basis, you can kind of use all the best funds available to manage someone's portfolio. 
Okay, I get it. It makes sense. And a lot of times we do hear those kinds of questions from folks they feel like, and that's sometimes maybe the difference between just having a broker and advisor is you only kind of hear from that person when they're trying to you know move you in and out of, of a different product. Whereas an advisor, a financial advisor, and one that you're building a long-term relationship with, you know, you can kind of turn to that person and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about for the future. Here's what I want to plan for. Here's this, that, and the other. And you kind of pull all those facets together. Is that kind of how I'm reading that? Yeah, and I would say as well that you know, a couple of the buzz terms on that are that, so when things were, when trades were commission-based or almost load-based, what would happen is that, you know, the conversations would be, hey, it's time to make a change in your portfolio. And and because those changes would often incur expenses, clients started to kind of get a little bit reticent to like, is this actually good for me? And so, that communication made it harder for the advisor to do their job and then for the client to trust that they were doing their job. So with the fee-based management where, you know, the advisor team typically operates on what's called a discretionary basis. So in other words, if things are happening and changes need to be made, that agreement has been made up front. And because there aren't additional, you know, compensation towards the advisor incurred on those changes, the client typically from the feedback that we've had, they feel more comfortable that those changes are being made proactively because they're not a cost being generated to them. So it increases the communication, which ultimately ends up with there being a better relationship between the advisor and the client. And to jump in on that, um, you know, we find a lot of clients actually like the fact that there's a vested interest in their account going up. So they say, you know, we hear things like, oh, so when, when my account goes up, you make more. And, you know, if my account goes down, you make less. So right. I find that's pretty, uh, and, that quite a bit. And we're going to touch on that a little bit more on our next podcast episode. We're going to talk about how the things have changed in the, over the last decade from the advisor role. We kind of talked about the industry overview here a little bit today on this podcast with Nick and John. And so we're going to touch on that the next time. So make sure you tune in, make sure you subscribe to us and go to pfgprivatewealth.com. Again, while you're there, you'll be able to, uh, we'll have this coming here pretty soon. You'll be able to click on podcast and subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, various different outlets whatever one is the one of your choice. And as always, reach out to the team if you have questions or concerns about anything before you take any action. Give them a jingle at 813-286-7776. Again, 813-286-7776 to talk with John Texera and Nick McDevitt at PFG Private Wealth, an independent RIA serving you in the Tampa Bay area. And guys, thanks for your time. I look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks when we talk about advisor roles and how they've changed over the last decade. Thanks for your time, guys. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined. PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents.